Free the boxing. Samsung folds on its pre-orders. Apple's shiny new chip. Bone spirits of doom. And we talk DerbyCon on tonight's Iron Sissipin podcast, episode 67. Welcome to episode 67, folks. I'm your host, as usual, Nate, and I'm joined tonight by Jason. Yes, that's me. That's you. Indeed, it's you. So, we're fresh back from DerbyCon, right? Yeah, that's the place we went that was really, really far away that we drove for a long time. Yeah, they they can't hear it when you nod your your head, so... Well, that's because they should be watching the stream. Absolutely, uh, they should happened. be watching the stream. If they're not watching the stream, they can't see Jason nod his head. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's been an interesting week for some reasons I can't talk about yet, but hopefully on our next show I will. I can and talk about them. for other reasons that are awesome, like we just got back from DerbyCon, and that's always a fun conference. And it is unfortunately the last. That makes me sad. Say so yes, that makes me sad too. It makes me sad too. <laughs> All right, we're having trouble getting moving. You're reminding me of these things, and I gotta start like crying on the on the. No on the crying. Show. I I, or, I I mean we'll 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 just the 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 point of tonight's show is to give sort of a recap of DerbyCon. So if either of us starts to cry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'm gonna come to tears, but maybe, maybe Jason will. So um. DerbyCon, DerbyCon 2019, DerbyCon 9.0 finish line. Uh, yeah, we did the usual road trip down, as you'd expect, because we've done that every time we've gone to DerbyCon. Even that year I missed, which I'm still very sad about. <laughs> you wanna you wanna tell the folks what you got for the for the for getting to all nine? Oh, he's off to his shelves. The shelves are almost done, folks. If you're watching the stream, you can see the shelves. They're 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 fitted for additional measuring and uh, some some bits and pieces that need to be done and and then uh, but you can see the spacers are all uh, are all finished. So. Yeah, yeah. I like how you made the little gaps behind them. Is that so you can run wires around and stuff? Yes. That's yeah. Cool. Uh, good good you, thought there. You can kind of see that on the on the stream. Just barely. Um, just barely. So, so for those of you on the audio. Um, this one's for you. So this is what I got for going to all nine derby cons. Is that like platinum uh, colored? Uh, I mean, it's silver. It's silver. Okay. So that it's is, a, that is it, awesome. It is a silver challenge coin. I believe this is one of the bigger ones. This has got to be, it's got to be a two and a half inch coin. It's much bigger than the other ones I have. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, it's gorgeous. Number, number 58. Um, so if you're watching and you happen to have uh, coin number 42, um, I'm buying if you want to trade. Cool. As in, as in, we'll trade coins and I'll buy you alcohol or that's you know, so or, or whatever you drink. I got 
I got a cool coin, and Jason, you can't see this because I'm not sending you a video, but the stream can see it. Um, this is my spiky coin. Oh, I got one of those too. Which is pretty cool. And the concept of the spiky coin is that you carry this with you, although Jason's probably going to save his because that's what he does. <laughs> no, I, I have to carry it because that's the spirit of the coin. Yes, so you carry this with you, and um, if you... Yep, we can just about see it. Yours is even still in the envelope. Mine's been in my pocket since I got it. Yours is still in the envelope. That tells you something. I haven't really been out of the house. So, so the, the concept of the spiky coin, um, and these were just handed out to us. We didn't earn them in any way. Uh, the concept of the spiky coin is that it's the pay it forward concept, right? Um, you carry this coin with you, and if you help somebody out and they insist on paying you, there, now you've got it out of the, out of the envelope. Good. And they insist on paying you, which... I don't know about you, but that's happened to me in the past. Uh, instead of them paying you, you give them the coin and tell them, give this coin you know, to the next person that you help. And I think it's a pretty cool sentiment. So I'm going to carry mine that's around it. until I find a chance to give it away. What I, what I really want, though, is an ability to get another one. Yeah. Like, once I've given it away, I'd love to go pay someone a couple bucks to get another coin so I can carry it around again. Yeah, actually, um, so I know who was giving them to me, and I'm going to reach out and see if I can get, like, a bunch of them. Because it, it's neat to have them. So we got these. This is a thing that's inside the Infosec community that they're, you know, it's uh, a bunch of people know about them. Um, the but spiky I think coin, the, you mean? Yeah, the spiky coin. But I think the, I think the real key to this one is getting it outside of that community and seeing how wide you can get it to go. Oh, so. I, I guarantee this coin is going to go to somebody outside of the InfoSec community because I yeah. other other than you and a couple folks, you know, like in the in the DC six ten group or whatever, um, I just don't know that many people in day to day life that are in the InfoSec community. So right. mine right. mine's going to end up going to some Jeep guy or like some grandma I pulled out of a ditch or something. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, provided you didn't throw her there first. Well, no, I, I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't do that. Uh huh. It's not what you said last night. What? Never. What? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, we also got these. Oh, the drink tokens. Her. Yeah, you collect yeah, the drink tokens. I collect the drink tokens. I had um, so many drink tokens, and they were giving out decent free beer at the party, so I didn't spend any drink tokens. <laughs> yeah, and then they all the drink tokens were uh there was a box of them at the end of DerbyCon that you could yeah. just reach out. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um I had two, now I have one. Um the other one went to somebody. So if you uh, need another for some reason, I've got like six of them here. That's the sticker, right? The DerbyCon Forever sticker. Yeah, that's the sticker. I have the uh Did you get the pin? I got the pin. Well, Mog Mo, Mo, give me his pin. Oh, that's right. You got the pin. The rest of us didn't. I, I, I tried desperately to find out who was giving them out. Um, I just kind of pointed at it and said, where'd you get that? I want to get one. He's like, here, take mine. I'm like, no, 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 I'll, I'll go find. No, no, take it. I'm like, but that's Mog for so, you. It is Mog. Um, and then I found out later they went rapidly and they were all gone and I felt bad. Yeah. Well, so I, you know, I hope him. he got another one. You know yeah. him. So yeah, long drive down as usual. Um, uneventful. So it was this year. It was me and Jason and Jason's son, and I'll leave it up to Jason to divulge as little or as much information about his son as he wants to. But he came along, and uh, we met 
Agent 66, a.k.a. Dustin, who you may remember as a co-host of this show. <laughs> when we got down there, uh, he's got family in that area, and he was visiting them, so he met us there. Um, the uh, The trip there was rather uneventful, though we did see the uh, the Hillbilly Hot Tub. Yes. While we were driving through West Virginia. I wish we got a, would have got a picture of that thing. So we're, we're driving down, what was it, 79? Is it 79 in uh, in West Virginia that we go through? I don't remember. Whatever. What, whatever highway it is we were driving through on West Virginia. And we go by this pickup truck that has two guys in the back. And I just thought, oh, look at there's two idiots riding in the back of a pickup truck. And as we're driving by, um, <laughs> your son notices not only are they drinking... But there's water in the back of the pickup truck, and they're just hanging out in the back of the pickup truck, drinking their beers. Uh, pa- and Yep, yep, with with full-on beers and just kind of chilling. Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, I, I, don't, I think that's the first time I've seen a hillbilly uh, hot tub driving down the interstate. <laughs> Things you only see in certain parts of the country. So, yeah, yeah. So we got into Louisville, like, what, was it 8, 8.30, something like that? Maybe it wasn't even that late. It was like 7.30, wasn't it? We made really good time yesterday, or yesterday, uh, yeah. Thursday, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, we did, actually. Well, we didn't stop. We, we didn't stop and have like a sit-down lunch. Yeah, we just got like... That was, that was probably the big difference. Gas station hoagies, and off we went. Um, yeah. Yeah, we didn't make a whole lot of stops. There's also only three of us, so, I mean, less, less uh, bathroom breaks, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, we got there, uh, had a nice meal at uh, GB as usual, because that's our favorite place to eat in Louisville, it seems, or favorite place near DerbyCon to eat. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, our favorite was the uh, the place we went the first year, but they vanished. Oh, um, the old Irish pub. I do miss yes, that place. Yes, the old Irish pub was, uh, the food was amazing, and the the beer was just a flowing. And I mean, the service was great, and they, they had they had shepherd's pie. They did, and it was so good. It was good, and they had good beer, and they had a mug club, kind of like the place we like here in Easton. <clears throat> yeah. So it's such a shame that the place is gone. Anyway, people yes. haven't haven't tuned in to hear about our our favorite gone <laughs> Irish pub in Louisville, though it was good. And if any of you went to DerbyCon one or two, I think it was one or two, you might remember it. It was right across yep. from the Hyatt, almost right across from the Hyatt. It was right next to GB. <sighs> yeah, it was. It was on Fourth uh, Street Live. Yeah, the biggest thing I'm going to miss, I think, about Louisville or about DerbyCon is the uh, the Schwarz beer at at uh, Gordon Breach. Well, they have other they have other locations, so I assume you can get it. Not that I've ever seen one. Are but... there are there any local to us? That's the thing. Like, okay. do I have to go to West Virginia to get them? <laughs> Not that I've ever seen them, but it is a chain. Yeah, right. Yeah, if it's a localized chain, that's a problem. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. Um, that'll be missed. Uh, so, yeah, so Thursday night, you know, we just sort of met up with the folks, a few folks. Uh, I think we met Mog as early as that night, didn't we? And that's, uh, that's when he gave you the button. Yeah, I think we think we met him, like, minutes after we checked in. Yeah, pretty much. That's Mog. He's just floating around. Um and of course, the next morning was the start of DerbyCon and the opening ceremonies. So we had a keynote from Ed Scotus, which was a really good talk. I thought you you saw that whole 
You, you were volunteering. Yeah, was, I don't know. I don't know what well, you saw and what you missed, but I don't know how many of Ed's talks you've seen, but he's he's kind of a master at this. So he is good. His, his talks are his talks tend to be pretty engaging. He is good. He is good. Um, as usual, all of the talks are available on IronGeek.com. Adrian is a freaking Adrian and his team. I should say he's got a team of people helping him. Um, but he's the one that's hosting it. Adrian and his team do an excellent job of getting these things recorded and getting them posted practically this moment the talk is over, which is just, like, amazing. I don't know how he gets it done. Um, some of them have some audio problems this year. I don't know what happened there, but, you know, I don't think the keynotes did. I haven't watched the keynotes. Um, so, yeah, Ed did a great talk about, like, positivity. It was essentially what the the... or what he says the topic was supposed to be, but it was really about... You know, there was some stuff about creativity. There was some stuff about um, lessons learned from DerbyCon. Yep. Uh, what he learned from uh, various uh, <laughs> various uh, historical figures about DerbyCon. <laughs> so that was a good thing. Um, there was even some Dr. Seuss in there, which was cool. And then we had a panel from Mog and a number of other folks. Uh, what was it, Mog? It was RenderMan. Um... Andy was up there, wasn't he? Integral? Uh, Integral's up there. InfoSister was up there. Blenster? Um, Blenster was up there, wasn't he? Yeah, because he was sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Blenster was up there. He wasn't too. feeling well. Yeah, so that was like that was good. They were basically sharing stories about DerbyCon past, uh, and it was it was pretty pretty fun. I remembered a lot of the stories. I didn't remember as many details as they gave us. Yeah, there were a lot more details than I remembered. <laughs> it it almost makes you think that Mog has been at the center of all of the various uh, stories and shenanigans that have occurred at DerbyCon. I, I don't know how you could ever believe such a thing. No, never. I mean, he's such a well-behaved person. He is the most innocent person I've ever met in my life. Yeah, right. Right. So, yeah, uh, the opening keynotes were pretty good, I thought. Um, I think Dave almost cried like twice during open, opening ceremonies. Uh, uh, I mean, almost. Um, Maybe he did cry during opening ceremony. Probably did. Yeah, I mean, it was so. DerbyCon was bittersweet. It was. Yeah. It was several days of hanging out with some of the coolest people ever, and just having a lot of fun and shenanigans, and you know, going to great parties and great talks, and just just having a ton of fun. And at you know, at the back of our minds the entire time, it was this is it, the last one. This is the last time we're doing this in Louisville at DerbyCon. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I've i been told, like, I don't, I wasn't at Dave's talk. I've been told that, you know, there were moments where he may not have been uh, completely clear-eyed uh, during his talk either. So, you know, it was, it was rough for some of us. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, I think Ed said it best, and this was his Dr. Seuss quote, uh, don't cry because it's over, but smile because it happened. Yes. And that really set the tone, I think, because... Uh, and then it was also a mention in the opening ceremonies, yes, this is the last DerbyCon, but this being during the opening ceremonies, we still have this one left. And I think because of that, a lot of people made sure to make it as good as they could. Um, I didn't hear about anybody going a little overboard, but I did have a conversation with somebody uh, via Twitter where it sounded like they were suffering from a little bit of fear of missing out, and um, they may have been about to overdo it, <laughs> you know, with with the the drinking and the staying up late and all of the unhealthy things that come along with hacker cons, 
And uh, oh, I don't remember what the quotes were at the end, but I think they said, um, or what the numbers were. Um, yeah, I there weren't many. There were like twenty people. They had to cat. They had to like get back to their rooms, which is about average. I yeah. Mean, yeah. With at a con with you know three thousand plus people, that's that's actually not too bad. Yeah. Right. Um, there were a couple injuries, uh, minor stuff, nothing, no big deal. The biggest one was some dude fell down the escalator, got up and wandered away because that's what we do. Yeah. Um, right. I, I, in fact, I think you were over in speaker ops when that happened. Were you? No, you were there. No, that was after, that was after the, uh, um, yeah, we were, that's right. We were about to go downstairs for something, probably just to go out to Louisville or maybe go back to the Hyatt. I don't remember. And but, but, and the, the escalator's closed. We're like, why is the escalator closed? Oh, someone fell down, and we're like, what? Yeah. Is there no, blood? We, we were we were <laughs> initially we were in we were the concert just ended. We were kind of hanging out, talking to Kick Froggy, and, and yeah, right, right. Then all these red shirts just rushed by us, and I I kind of looked at everyone and said, huh. It doesn't Gee, look I good. wonder what's going on. Yeah, when you <laughs> see the red shirts run, you know there's a problem. It's never a good sign. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> um. One of one of the red shirts being Quadling, which is uh, Kick Froggy's husband, yeah, um, who also, right. you know, tilted his head to the side, went, huh, and ran. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then when we got out, the the escalator had been blocked off. And, yeah. you know, after some some poking and prodding, we found out, yeah, somebody fell down the escalator. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, open in no time. Yeah. 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 But that being open was not really the, I didn't really, you know, wasn't really the big deal is. It was more like, is the person who fell down the escalator? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, once we heard he was okay, and then, or they were okay. I don't know if it was male or female. Um, so, yeah, it's falling down an escalator doesn't sound like a very comfortable thing. I'm surprised nobody was hurt. <laughs> it, only, only, well, not only. Well, maybe only. Only at a, ha- only at a hacker con. Only at a hacker con. Yeah, so, so um, I'm just looking at the schedule here to see what other talks there were the first day. I saw, I, I generally only saw about two talks a day, and the rest of the time was spent either preparing or executing on Hack Your Derby, which we'll talk about later. Yep. Hanging out in this, hanging out in speaker ops with you guys, uh, meeting yep. speakers and just chatting about things, and um, just generally milling about and. Uh, Having a good time with folks I know I wasn't going to see again or may not see again for a long time. Um, so let's see. On so after opening ceremonies, I saw I saw Jason Street's talk, which was good as always. <laughs> I mean that that man has great talks, <laughs> but he was basically giving his usual um, kind of stories about some of the engagements he's been on. Um, I don't know. You should go watch a talk. It was pretty good. Although apparently this is one of them with uh, some bad audio on it. <laughs> uh, there was another one I saw from Ryan Elkins. It was actually right after Jason Street's talk. Scientific computing for yeah, scientific computing for information security. And I I went to it partially because of the new role at uh, the college that I'm in for high performance computing. And I was just kind of curious. Uh, I mainly went because the more context I get about what people are doing with HPC and scientific computing, the more context I have uh, on how to 
you know, how people are using this stuff. And it was a really interesting talk. I'm trying to remember the details because this was on Friday, and Friday, you know, being two days before <laughs> all of the arrest of DerbyCon, <laughs> DerbyCon becomes a blur for me at some points. Um, I want to say he was using, like, public data sets to build right. uh, information security, like, models, which was kind of interesting. He also talked about some uses for, like, Jupyter Hub and I think RStudio, which are two things. Maybe not Jupyter Hub, using using Jupyter Notebooks. And he, he actually demonstrated a couple of uh, cool techniques for using Jupyter Notebooks, which is something that was interesting for me just because of what I'm doing. Um, did you go to any talks on Friday or you were in Speaker Ops? Other, other than opening ceremony, did you do anything else Friday? No, no. I, I basically kept to speaker ops, um, kind of keeping tabs on Junior, and uh, uh, just generally, you know, like lobby conning the entire time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's speaker ops is a great place to hang out and just kind of meet people. Um, it was yeah. Kinda, well, yeah, I mean, a lot was, of the speakers came in there. So yeah, it was kind of quiet this year. Last year, speaker ops was hopping. You had a bigger room though, and it was in a more uh, pronounced place. Yeah, they kind of hit us this year. I think it was like a, an afterthought. Uh, after they sort of planned everything they wanted to do, they they kind of went, oh, yeah, we need, we need a, place a place for speaker ops. Yeah. Well, I think the difference was they put the CTF downstairs where speaker ops used to be. Yeah, one of the other differences is that, and, and I didn't know this about other cons, because um, the, the only other con that I do that has a speaker ops is B-Sides, and we don't really push that. Um, mm-hmm. Is that at other conferences like um, I want to say DefCon and maybe Shmoo, um, speaker ops isn't an option. Um, if you are a speaker, you go to speaker ops. If you don't go to speaker oh, you ops, have to. you don't speak. Ah. Um, so they they uh, they direct everybody there to check in. Now you don't have to stay there, but, but you, you have, have to at check. least check in. Um, so it's it's a little bit busier and there's a lot of running around and, and making sure people are where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, which which maybe uh, so in the history of DerbyCon that I'm aware of, um, I could probably count on one hand the number of speakers that didn't show for their talks. Um, and that was mostly early on. Uh, yeah. I think I think initially when they started and they, you know, some they figured out certain people that shouldn't talk in the morning for you know, you can figure out the reason because they tend um, to stay up late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or or yeah, yeah, or are not sober anymore, or whatever. Um, and I, I think they sort of understood those specific people, and they started leaning on people they could count on to do morning talks. Yeah, um, I mean, look at Integral. His talk was what nine a.m. Yep, um, and he made it. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Um, and. And it became sort of a non-issue. We had one speaker that we weren't sure, like he didn't check in the speaker ops and he hadn't showed up like two minutes before the talk. But apparently when the talk started, he sort of like floated into the room and did his talk and it was brilliant. So, yeah, um, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of problem there. I guess maybe some of the bigger cons have have more of an issue. So that that's why it was a little bit duller this year. Um, which because they sucks, just, but you know, yeah, it is just kind of know that they're that they're going to show up. Now, I I did get to meet a few people. Uh, one of them was Jason Blanchard, um, and we should have that guy on the show. We should. Uh, he works for Black Hills Information Security. He's a marketing guy. He uh, in his talk, which I'll talk about in a minute, uh, he mentioned that about a hundred times that he works in marketing <laughs> because I think it was part of a 
partially a shield, you know, like, don't hit me with technical stuff. I work in marketing. <laughs> but uh, he did a talk on, um, let's see, what was it titled? I have it right here somewhere. So do I. How to give the gift that keeps on giving. There you go. Your knowledge. And it was it was a really good talk, I thought, mainly because I do things like write blogs and create a podcast and make YouTube videos, and that talk was all about how to do those things in a structured manner that will help your stuff um, turn out better. And anyone who does content creation or anyone who's curious about creating content uh, you should go watch that talk. And apparently he did another one uh, a year or two ago. I don't know if it was a derby or not, uh, where he was covering, I think, specifically how to structure a blog, right? And that, that was it was good stuff. So I recommend anyone go or anyone that has any interest in creating content, go check those things out because they're they're pretty good. I will put links to the videos we're talking about in the show notes when the show's published. So that'll be up there then. So, unfortunately, the beginning of his talk has, um, we'll call them audio artifacts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, for, uh, for whatever reason... Stick in there, it gets better. For whatever reason, track two had just, like, a ton of audio problems. Just, you know, back and forth audio problems. Um, so, if you're, a, if you're an audio nerd, it sounded very much like a ground loop. Like, uh, uh, that hum that you get when... Yeah when the ground is wrong. Um, and I mean, it sort of cut in and out a little bit. Um, so Jason's talk. Yeah. There's a little bit at the beginning. Um, I haven't watched the whole thing, so I don't know if it comes back, but I know that I, I clicked in, you know, a couple minutes in and sort of like sampled it all the way to the end. And, and the audio issues were basically gone. Yeah. Um, it's something they knew about and they were battling the entire time. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how all the talks came out though. Yeah, so he was on Sunday, Jason Blanchard. So I'm getting way ahead of ourselves. Heck with being chronological. So uh, back to Friday night, we did the Hack Your Derby. Um, we, we do like registration for Hack Your Derby. So anyone who has who built a derby at home can just simply come and put their name in so we know who we're judging the next day. Uh, and it helps judging on Saturday go a little faster. And we also have plastic derbies to hand out for people who want to build them on site. And we get a lot of cool entries in that as well. So that gives you basically 24 hours to build your on-site derby, uh, or you know, not. <laughs> but uh, we we me and well me you and Dustin all hung out there and got uh, a number of folks registered. I think we had like 10 or 12 people in all register by the time we had uh, the actual judging, uh, and then you had to take off before we were done with the. Uh, the registration, so me and Dustin were hanging out there, and then we forgot your son in the lobby at the Marriott. I have a son. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, these these things happen. He's uh, old enough to take care of himself. Yeah. So. so before someone calls child services on us, he is a a on the older side of teenager. <laughs> He knows how to take care of himself, and in fact, the reason we forgot him is because he was way back in a corner on his laptop, just doing his own thing. Um, I don't know if Dustin and I even remembered that he was there. I think one of us. I, I think we must on. have thought this, he went with you or something. So I, I, I know the viewers are not the viewers and listeners are not going to believe this. Um, however, it is true. He was sitting in the corner on his laptop doing 
his homework. Yeah, yeah, he was. At least that's that's the story he gave us. No, I, I he did his he did his homework the whole time, so he he accomplished all the things that he needed to do. Good, good on him. This kid, I mean, I I don't want to exaggerate or inflate your head, but uh, that kid is smart. <laughs> He's a freaking genius. <laughs> I'm sure you know it, but um, yeah. He's not dumb. Certainly not dumb. So yeah, he uh, he got left at the Marriott. And then there was a little bit of panic when we got back to the Hyatt. We're ready to go out for dinner, and we're like, wait, where's Corbin? And then Corbin calls you. I'm lost in Louisville, and you're, we're all like, oh, what? <laughs> well, lost in Louisville, as in... This is the first time I'm walking between the two hotels and the yeah. skywalk that goes between the hotels isn't exactly a straight shot. No, it's, it's a little confusing. Skywalk, it's a skywalk to a parking garage, at which point you have to kind of figure out where in the parking garage you need to go to get yeah. to the next skywalk to get to the next hotel. Yeah, which um, once you've been through it once, it still isn't obvious. <laughs> you have to go through it once or twice yeah. and then it's like, oh, OK, now I know where I'm going. Yeah, you have to do it at least two or three times sober. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I was through it once years ago that night we were hanging out with Mog. Yes. When the night of the supermoon or whatever it was, it was like DerbyCon four or five. I don't remember anymore. Uh, it was yep. actually the year that I first met Mog in person. Um, right. And I could barely remember where the hell the damn thing was. I didn't remember how to get to it or anything. Um, so one time I just. One time, finally, this DerbyCon, I figured it out. It's like it's a damn puzzle. <laughs> Just in time for it to be over. Yeah, right. I'll, now I'll know it for next year. Oh, crap. That was that was the running joke, all DerbyCon. We'll get it right next year. Well, that's the, for you guys, yeah. I mean, for the attendees and, and like that. And for those of us working DerbyCon, the, the running joke was, what are they going to do? Not ask us to come back? Yeah, right. So, so, you know, there's a lot of like, we can kind of do whatever we want. Not, not, not that we took advantage of that for the most part. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, there was, there was, you know, I mean, humor to kill the, uh, to kill the, the, the thought that we knew that things were just not gonna, you know, like yeah. there is no next. So, yeah. Sort of. So, uh, Friday night there was a party. I didn't go to it. Did you go to it? You didn't go to it either. Did you? No, no. Um, I was all up in going to Saturday night's party, which was infected mushroom. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end of Saturday. Chronological, yep, man. Yep. Hang on, <laughs> hang on. I'm explaining why I didn't go to Friday's show. Come on, yeah, man. I wanted, I wanted to get some sleep. Um, so yeah, exactly. So I wanted to get sleep. Um, so I let, uh, 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 as he's known now, Kesosek, um Yeah, know, right. <laughs> rules were stick stick with uh, Dustin and. Yep. Uh, don't leave the hotel and go enjoy the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Queso being my little genius, um, went to the show and apparently enjoyed the hell out of himself. Um, I do believe, uh, I do believe he was in his unicorn onesie mm-hmm. running around like a maniac. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next morning I woke up and they were both passed out. So I just left them there. I figured, you know, they were up late, whatever. Um, so Dustin got up later and came and chatted with me and Corbin was still out and uh, Dustin informed, you know, I said, what time did you guys get in? Like, you know, what happened? And his answer was, oh, about 5 a.m. Yep. And and I was like, well, I know the concert doesn't go till 5 a.m. So what were you doing? Apparently, <laughs> I found a 
uh, PhD in mathematics um, and sat down and talked about super high level mathematics for uh, many, many hours to yeah. the point where Dustin was like, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. I have no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> so told you guys so, genius. Yeah. So or, or maybe he's really good at BS, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it's kind of both kind of both. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 party Friday night was was what sublime with uh, what's his name, Rome. Rome. Sublime with Rome. Um, sorry. I don't know about you, no, but I haven't heard Sublime since sometime in the nineties. It was meh then. I really didn't I, want to see I, it now. I probably would have gone to see the original Sublime, um, yeah. but that's not possible anymore. So meh. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and then what was it? Dual core and did that? Was there a, a third act? I don't believe so. Dualcore, I might have gone oh. to see. Dual, like, I like their music, but I don't really like the style of their music. I Dualcore, so Int80 is is a very cool guy. Yeah. I love. Oh him. yeah, He's absolutely. They're such great a people. Great guy. Yeah. Um, I have seen him in concert. Uh, I don't know how many times. So I love him to death. There were plenty of people that are seeing him in concert. He didn't notice I wasn't there. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I I don't I don't hate their music, but it's it's hip hop rap style stuff, and it's just not my thing. Um, it is entertaining though. I like how he what, what do, do they, well, he they they call it nerdcore, right? It nerdcore rap. Yeah. He commands the crowd. Um, yeah, he is good. This was he was at all but uh, just like somebody else we know. He was at all but one DerbyCon. So last year he <laughs> went on tour with MC Chris. Um, so he was spiritually at DerbyCon because he sent in a video. Um, oh, right. I remember that. Yep. Yep. And uh, he did get ragged a lot on about not being there this year or last year, rather. Yeah. Um, so uh, so he was here this year and uh, he get, he put on at least two shows, possibly three. So okay. after did he do his usual uh, Third Street Dive show? Yeah, he went to the he went to the dive and did the show there um, yeah. at least once, maybe twice. So <laughs> he's, he's a good guy. Don't a, get me wrong. I'm I'm not knocking his music. It's just not my style. It's all. No, 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 no. But he's he has he has more energy than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he, he, you can't like he doesn't stop. It's like he gets on stage and he starts going, and the the more riled up he can get the crowd, the more energy he has. At, he has. Yeah. And when he's done, I, like I don't think the guy sleeps the entire time he's at DerbyCon. I'm I'm sure some people don't. I th that would kill me. I think if I tried to stay up that long. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> you're not him. <laughs> exactly. I'm not him. So Saturday, then um, I went to a talk on. It's called "Collect All the Data, Protect All the Things," and uh, it was by Aaron Rosemund. Rosenmund. Uh, it was actually a pretty good talk, and it was all about uh, collecting data and data analysis, uh, which is something I'm not very good at. Um, something that at the office we we use Splunk, which is okay. Um, it's great for log analysis and log parsing, and that's mainly what I use it for: is log parsing. Um, this talk was more about trying to identify patterns and then using those patterns to tell you when something's wrong. You know, so you might see, I don't know, I'll just pull an example out of thin air. Uh, say you're tracking system statistics and one of those statistics is CPU usage. 
and CPU usage is normally around, you know, X, say it's like 1% or one system load. Uh, and then all of a sudden it spikes to like two or three system load and it stays there, but it's, which isn't necessarily a problem, but it's out of the norm. So it's not a thing that might normally alert in say like a monitoring system, uh, because it isn't high enough that you uh, really would notice it, but it is an anomaly. And so this talk was all about trying to use the statistics you can get out of your systems and use it to uh, identify not just problems, but anomalies. And then, you know, use that to drill down to what the anomalies are, which I thought, which is not a new concept, but I'd never really seen it explained, and I'd never really seen it implemented. Uh, he also uh, pointed out a whole bunch of free open source tools to get this done, instead of, you know, expensive um, proprietary tools that will cost you an arm and a leg. So I thought it was a pretty good talk. So, did he go over anything about like GDPR, CCPA, you know, like the, the privacy bits? Like, so collect all the data is great, but there's like lots of rules around that now. Well, the data he was talking about was like system statistics, not personally identifiable data. So, okay. So, but were things like IP addresses in there or no? So it's just it's just system like I don't know that he went into that much detail. Okay. I would imagine yes, um, and if so, then yeah, you may have privacy concerns. Right, right. But yeah, he didn't uh, he didn't go into that. Uh, for folks that don't know, um, IP addresses are considered PII underneath uh, uh, GDPR, and I think CCPA. I'm not as familiar with that one, but uh, definitely under GDPR. So so there's all sorts of new. Um, identifiers that if you can general general rule of thumb is if you can take a piece of information and identify a single user by it it's PII <sighs> assume we're not going to be able to track anybody by anything I tell you I know I know like why would you want to track people just, that's cruel and unusual no no one does that right no no nope not at all and I think there was another talk I went to on Saturday but I can't remember what it was I'm just looking through the Oh, there was a talk I wanted to go to and I didn't get to. Now I remember. So yeah, and then on Saturday is when I met Jason Blanchard hanging out in the Speaker Lounge. Um, for any of you who are not familiar, um, and I don't have... Do you have your, your B&B &B deck? Uh, that? Yes. Backdoors and Breaches. Uh, this is a card game, as far as I know, completely designed and printed by Black Hills Information Security. Yes, it is an original Black Hills Security thing. Yeah, so I didn't get to play it, but I did get a card deck, and I do want to figure out how to play it. Uh, but basically, there it's a card game in which you are playing out incident response scenarios. Yep. So it's basically gamifying... Um, incident response training, which is pretty darn cool, I think. Uh, it involves a D20 and this card deck, if I, if I understand properly. Right. So, it, so, it, so back um, last year or the year before, Black Hills was talking about and had done several webcasts about doing uh, incident response uh, exercises as like a D&D yeah. type scenario. Yeah, they had also come up with a pen and paper game they were calling Cubicles and yeah. Compromises. I don't know if they ever released that. That I, I'm, 
I haven't seen that one. So the, this is like the culmination of all of that where they've sort of built it up and built it up. And now they have like a physical card game that you can play. And it's it's pretty cool looking. I, I was just flipping through the cards and they're pretty neat. They, they have some, it's basically like some of them are scenarios. Some of them are like power ups, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I, I would like to definitely play it someday and see how it, how it works out. Maybe at one of our upcoming DEF CON 610 meetups, we'll break out uh, back doors and breaches and uh, play a game. Maybe we'll even broadcast it or something. Um, but in chatting with Jason Blanchard, and also, so basically you had to go to the Black Hills Information Security uh, booth to pick up your game. So I did that, and I got a couple stickers, and I chatted with whoever was behind the booth um, just to see if they might be willing to come on the podcast talk to talk about how they're gamifying this incident response uh, training. And I was told by the folks behind the current currently behind the, the desk that none of them were authorized to do anything like that, and I'd have to find this guy named Jason or John himself or there was one other person, like Brian or something. And then I'm like, wait a second, Jason was sitting in speaker ops so I went over to Speaker Ops, and sure enough, there he was working on his slide deck for Sunday. And uh, I just, you know, I didn't want to bother him too much because he was working on a slide deck or he was doing work or something. I just like, you know, hey, I, I run a podcast, and I really like this uh, Backdoors and Breaches thing, and would you like to come on and talk, come on the show and talk about it at some point? He's like, absolutely, because that's apparently a thing that they want to do. They want to start socializing this through podcasts and, and video feeds and whatever. And uh, I basically just beat them to the punch by asking him. <laughs> so uh, I dropped him an email. I gave him my contact info. And hopefully we will hear back from him soon once he's recovered from DerbyCon. So any day now. Um, and then we'll we'll get, a, get him on the show sometime. Maybe soon. So that'll be fun. We can talk about that. I don't know if it'll actually be him or if it'll be some, some other representative from Black Hills. But somebody from Black Hills will be on to talk about backdoors and breaches, which will be fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, definitely. Uh, I don't know how long a game takes to play. Maybe we could play online or uh, live on the on the podcast. Yeah, maybe. Um, we'll have to learn how to play it and then try it out, and maybe we'll do something like that. We can either do it like this, or maybe I'll come to your place, or you can come here, and we can set up a, a game and play it. That might be fun. Definitely. So on Saturday night. Um, First of all, we had the Hacker Derby judging, which was pretty cool in itself. Um, Hacker Derby this year had some really cool entries. Let me see. Dustin had taken all the pictures and he sent them to me. Let me see if I can. Are you gonna show them on the the stream? Is that what well, doing? they're just on my phone. So he sent me an album. Can I look at albums in this this fancy dancy iPhone thing? I don't know. <laughs> here it is all right so um this thing i don't know if if you folks on the stream can see this hold on let me hold it up if you're looking at what looks like a skeleton of copper and circuitry what you're looking at is Integral's submission to Hack Your Derby. And this thing was insane. What did he call it? Um, circuitry art? Um, no, there was another word for it. 
Uh, it's a ah oh, crap. He posted it on his. Hang on, let me see if I can find it on his Twitter. So so basically, the the frame of this hat is all conductive, and it's yes. actually conducting the base power to all of these components. And then the the circuitry and whatnot is all you know the 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 the, the chips are all or the controllers are all wired to all the various components. Mm-hmm through the framework of the derby. And he's got lights right. all over it, and he's got speakers on it, and I, f- I don't remember what the thing was even supposed to do, but he, he couldn't get it working, it, it's unfortunately. A freeform, it's a freeform circuit sculpture. Freeform cir- circuit sculpture. That's that's what it is. Right. So every single uh, wire, like the, so the copper that actually makes the, the bulk of the, um, of the hat, like the, you know, forms it and everything, every single component is live so none of it like the i assume i don't i haven't looked at the circuit and, and sort of looked at it in detail but i assume the the majority of the skeleton of it is like the ground and right. then the rest of you know the, then the the live wires are are more specific but right. the the entire thing is live so every single thing that you see yeah. is running live yeah. voltage so if, if you can see this on my stream here let me try to get it in focus he actually wrote the words DerbyCon in copper wire and, it, and put them on yeah. the side of the freaking derby. It the thing was beautiful. Anyway, he uh, he took the grand prize, one of the grand prizes. <laughs> yep, we ended up with we ended up with a tie for the grand prize, and I'm trying to find the picture of Jim Gatt's derby. So Dustin the, took a billion uh, pictures. Yeah. So, and 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 to be clear, like these guys lost a lot of points for for not, you know, like, um, so Integral lost a bunch of points for it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So, in, in, Integral had had accidentally bricked uh, the the controller in his hat. Bootloader. Yep. The bootloader. Boot uh, and so this other guy, his, his he goes by Jim Gat. Um, he built a very functional. Hold on here. Can you guys see that? It's probably all blurry. He built a very functional hat. Um, unfortunately, it was based on a top hat instead of a derby, which normally would have got him disqualified from the contest. But since it was the last derby con, we decided to let him enter. Uh, we just docked him some points. Uh, yep. And so the two of them, now his, his had, I mean, like anything you could think of was tacked onto this thing. It had it had goggles on the front with with circular LEDs that chased. Uh, it had a little Linux box running Kali, some little like micro version of Kali. It had a Wi-Fi adapter. It looks like maybe an alpha Wi-Fi adapter. It had a little disco ball on top. And the whole thing, I'm trying to see if we have a close-up picture of it. The whole thing was steampunk. So again, uh, Jason, you can't see this, but anybody on the stream can see my phone yeah um, the whole dang thing was steampunk and he put a ton of work into not only building the thing in such a way that it was wearable and um fashionable but functional if this thing was a derby he would have been head and shoulders above no no pun intended head and shoulders above all of the competition with this thing uh unless integrals had worked (laughs) integrals was pretty damn cool um so yeah it was pretty good pretty good uh, we had a guy who submitted a jukebox in his hat. I'm trying to find that one. 
There's Jedi Days. I see Jedi in the chat. If you're still there, Jedi, hi. We're talking about your derby now. Uh, 1,028, if I remember correctly, uh, NeoPixels that were controlled by uh, a sound... Uh, they had a, a sound-activated controller in the hat and is very, no, very... Don't worry. He'll correct you if you're wrong. I, I'm pretty sure it's 1,028. He will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, it had a, a, just basically a ton of NeoPixels. Here you can see a picture of it. It just wrapped around the top of the, the, the derby. Um, it was very beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It was pretty well made. Um, yep. oh, here's the guy with the jukebox. He actually had an old school touchscreen jukebox selector on the front of the, the front of the derby, which I thought was really cool. Um, but the, uh, you have to remember a lot of these cases, we, we, we judge them not just on how cool they are, but on whether they're based on a derby. That's obviously like an entry, um, whether they're built well. Um, whether they're technological or not, and how technological and how well that's implemented, um, and the, basically the the build quality, right? I think I already said that. Yep. Um, innovation, you know, like how how off the freaking wall is your derby? <laughs> and so they're scored on each one of these. So any any one of these, whether they're technological or not, has a chance to win. The guy with the jukebox. Right. Here's a here's a better picture of the jukebox. Um, it was really cool, and it was awesome that he built this jukebox into a derby. It had a disco ball on top, and it had the touchscreen. But if you look at the edges of the screen, they're basically—they're just like USB connections hanging off the side, and there's like an HDMI connection hanging off the side. And while I get that that's what you need to make it functional, it's ugly. It doesn't look good, right? And because it didn't look good, he lost some points for that. And at the end of the contest, he was really curious as to why he didn't win, uh, he was asking a whole bunch about... Oh, no, it wasn't him that was asking. There was another guy here with another light-up derby. And it was basically build quality is what it came down to, you know? So, anyway, I don't mean to, yeah, I don't mean to I rant mean, so, on this. No, no, no. So, so um, to be fair, um, as... So, we we how many years did we do this? Two? Three? We did it two years. I've, part um, I've so, participated in it for three years before we then took it over. And then we, we right. did it for so, two years. So we, um, at least I definitely at the end of this year, um, had looked at what, cause, cause my problem this year with judging was you've got the onsite, you've got the offsite, um, but you have, there, there's so much to each different derby yeah, and the judging that we did leaned heavily on the technological side. Um, and I, I tried to use some loose interpretations of technology to to yeah. sort of even things out, but it becomes difficult, right? So one of the things that if you know if DerbyCon were to continue and we're able to continue doing this, we'll fix it next year. This, yeah, we'll fix it next year. This contest would would have had to change um, how the judging went. Now the the contestants aren't going to see anything different. Um, what they're what they're going to notice possibly is how we, you know, like we had four categories. I don't remember what they are off the top of my head, but we had four categories that we choose like a one through 10 grade for, for each of the derbies. And to me, when you had derbies that came in that were, um, you know, like we had one derby, uh, I, it was, I can't remember who made it, um, but it was, it was made out of uh, everything that 
like everything, a bunch of stuff that she found at the bar. Yeah. So it was cut out. It was, it, it was, it was truly beautiful. Um, and she suffered per se, because there wasn't any technology in it. So, so when we get to like the, cause there was a specific technology category. So when you get to the technology category, like, what do I do? Like, you know, and, and, but to, I, I refuse to put a zero anywhere, but like, like, how do I judge that? Because to, no tech there to show you how this evens out though. Okay. Um, so in order, basically you're right. It's kind of a flawed system. And yes. we could improve that if we either continue this contest elsewhere or if uh, if we were to come back to DerbyCon, which we can't now. Um, you're, you're talking about uh, Amanda, was, and she's our second place winner on the on-site builds. Amanda? Okay. Yeah. She's, she came in second place on the on-site builds. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I'm aware. So yep. she did pretty well, even though there was no technology. Now she scored a 77. The guy above her was Rob. He was the guy that we haven't talked about his yet. Uh, he was the one who invented a uh, an RFC um, for NTP <laughs> version B or something. And NTPB. And then this implemented it wrote, in his derby. <laughs> he wrote an RFC. <laughs> yes. Like I mean, how do you not give him a good score for that? But anyway, okay, he so, had so he had a nice aside. he had a nice build. He built it on site, which meant he was in a category where everybody was going to score traditionally low because all of their all the builds on site aren't beautiful because they're hacked together with stickers and tape and whatever, right? Um, but he made a really awesome build. He did it on site. It was technological and it was it was put together well. Um, and that's right. The reason I opened up this spreadsheet was to get those um, uh, categories for you, so I can read them off right now. Uh, fashion is one, innovation, quality, and technology. So right. you're right. Everyone has to get scored on technology, right? And if you can hit all four of these categories and hit them all well, you're almost guaranteed a prize. Right. So that is, uh, you could say it's flawed, or you could say that's the point of the contest. You could. Right? So anyway, he won first place in the on-site builds because he hit all those really well. Because he brought a nice derby with him, and he built the whole thing there, and he did it really well. I don't know if he wrote the RFC there. Maybe we should dock him yeah, points I for that. Maybe, but <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote an RFC. Yeah. I, I, like, <laughs> so, so let's, I mean, just think about this for a minute. We run a stupid contest at a con for fun. Uh-huh. And somebody took the time to write an RFC. <laughs> that he then implemented in his derby for the contest. Now, look, Integral's insane. And and if he was watching this, I think he'd agree. Like, yes, he would dude, agree. He's crazy. So, like, if you take his particular brand of insanity out of the mix and, and you compare, like, these people that come to do this contest are unbelievably amazing people. Yes. From... From the people that do are doing offsite builds all the way down to down, all the way over to yeah. the people that are doing onsite builds. Yeah. Every single build was, you know, amazing. Um, well, Queso's build was sort of thrown together at the last minute. 
But yeah, but I mean, that's the that's the spirit tried. of the contest, and he he no, built no, that he, in just a couple minutes. Yeah, but it's my kid. I have to rag on him. Yeah, so, you, do. you do. But but minus that one, there uh, like, same same thing with wrong, same thing with stick. Same thing with stick. He built his in a couple hours uh, out of the the foam and oh, LED right. lights that he got <laughs> from the party. I forgot about sticks. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah, it was anyway. Um, this contest is awesome, and I, I I hate that it's over. And I really hope we can find some way to rejuvenate it somewhere at some other conference somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah. So maybe I mean we talked briefly about it going to B size Delaware, if we can refactor it so that it uh, it fits there, or maybe it doesn't have to fit there, and we just say Hack Your Derby now lives at B size Delaware. That would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely. you know, we'll we'll figure that out. Um, I, I would like to see it continue, and if it does continue, maybe we'll work on the scoring, or maybe we'll be more upfront and say, if you're going to submit something, these are the categories you have to hit, and if you don't hit them, it's your own, you know, your own uh, detriment. So, yeah. Unfortunately, if we take it to besides Delaware, I don't see, I don't think we'll see Integral submitting a derby, which will be a shame. <laughs> Never say never. The guy may start like shipping them. Yeah, he <laughs> he he paid me quite the compliment on on Twitter after DerbyCon was over. He said that he enjoyed competing with me the years that I the years that I submitted in the in the contest. And to me, it's like his derbies were the thing to try to beat. And for him to say that to me, I'm like, wow, that's that's just cool. Like I, I look up to him as quite the builder, and I was just this guy that put a Raspberry Pi in a hat and put a CTF on it, which to me sounded like man, whatever. But apparently, to everyone else, was pretty awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, we've talked we- enough about Hacker Derby. We could do a whole show on Hacker Derby if we wanted to. I think we have in the past. Yeah, we but have. Okay, we have. All right, so um, then that night... Oh, I went to... I have to talk about whose slide is it anyway. I, I know you weren't yeah. there. I was the only one of our group that, that went there. Um, it was a good time. I got I got to see about half of it because Hack Your Derby uh, overlapped with the time slot that um, whose slide was in. And I, I have to admit, I've never been to whose slide before. I didn't really get the jokes. <laughs> Because there were there were things being thrown around that were obviously inside jokes that I didn't understand. Jedi, maybe you can answer what the heck, <laughs> like how is how does scoring work? Uh, <laughs> oh, it, it looked oh, like it was all just a big joke, basically. <laughs> it is. That's I mean that's the whole thing. Yeah, it's all just a big joke. Um, okay, so so the number one question. Uh, I don't know if you were there for it, but um, this is a huge controversial question. Uh, it was a problem at, at DefCon. And it was brought up yet again uh, at DerbyCon, and I will, I will uh, keep it PG thirteen and not do the uh, uh, words in between the question. Okay. Uh, what port? What port is Telnet on? Yeah, I heard that got brought up as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Was was this something that people actually didn't know? I feel very bad to know that. My understand, and and somebody in the chat can probably. Uh, correct me on this, but my understanding is that at DEF CON, this is a question that came up during the uh, Hacker Jeopardy um, talk. Okay. And, um, or during the Hacker Jeopardy game. And 
Zero teams got it right. I can't believe that. Zero. No, Mog plays Hacker Jeopardy, doesn't he? I don't know if he played at DEF CON. Okay. Because he would know, know it. He He's running a friggin' mud. <laughs> I know he played this year, uh, although they lost, uh, which is confusing me. No, that was, um, um, was it Hacker Jeopardy? Yeah, it was Hacker Jeopardy. They lost yep, they at DerbyCon at Hacker Jeopardy. Yep. But, uh, he blamed uh, Render. Year, he said yep, Render was I, too slow on the button. And I believe that came up as a topic in the Who Slide stuff as, as well. It was mentioned. I, I heard it being thrown around, and I, I, yeah. I didn't know. Again, I didn't know the inside joke. However, I got to see Dave participate in whose slide is it anyway? And that was entertaining because oh right, right. The, I heard that DerbyCon actually is happening next year. The slide deck they built for him. <laughs> it was a bunch of pictures of like him and his team out doing things, and every single picture they would superimpose a clown in the background that would creep its way out, like from behind a couch, or... <laughs> it was like... It was great, just to see Dave react to these things. Um, I wish it was recorded, but it wasn't. <laughs> no, they don't Dave, record that on purpose. Dave is probably happy it was not recorded. <laughs> but it was, a, so, it was a good time. So so Dave is... Uh, he has... Uh... I can't remember the name of the phobia. Some um, kind of, anyway. He's supposedly scared of clowns, although I think DerbyCon has broken him of this. Did you see the... So, Gillis... Um, so, Gillis has turned into a f- photographical monster. Yes. yes. Um, dude is, is like, he took photos, amazing photos. So, go to... Go to Gil, G-I-L-L dot I-S. Right. And check out his photos. They're absolutely amazing. Um, he's done a wildfires and some other stuff i'm still anyway. kind of disappointed that i that i missed out on the faces of DerbyCon pictures he was taking that's because you can't follow directions apparently uh, so so he took a picture of dave um and i saw the original and i'm not going to go over what the original looked like he the the one that's out there has a little bit of touch-up um and it is it is a raw picture really raw the original actually brought tears um, and they put it out on Twitter, and somebody got a hold of the picture and clown faced Dave. Oh, geez, it is, it is, but it is so good, such a good picture. It's so great. So, yeah, Dave, Dave's got a thing with clowns, and everybody reminds him all yep. the time. Yeah, so, um, sorry, I just had a thing pop up requiring my two factor. Or something, yeah, that's fixed. Oh, just uh, yeah, don't uh, don't worry about that. Just don't, put your oh, two yep, okay. Oh, okay, I did. I did. Did you get it? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I just know that if it's acti- asking for two factor, it's totally secure. Totally so go sec- ahead. I mean, yeah, the, the two factor that's secure. So um, last year, I think it was last year. It was the year before. After no, before DerbyCon, uh, I was talking to Creepy Carl in the DerbyCon Slack. And for whatever reason, he sent me this picture that he was trying to remove the background from of Dave, like, collapsed on a chair after DerbyCon 6 or 7, right? They're like, it's in the Hyatt, in the, 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 the main event room at the Hyatt, and you know how there's, like, all the chairs were just, they're just stacked up, and he's just sitting on a chair, like, ready to pass out. And his arm is, like, out, like, to the side, like he's got his arm around something, but it's really just around the back of the chair. So um, he sends me this picture, and in like, I don't know, half an hour, 
I cut all the background out of it and I sent it back to him because it looked like he was trying to get the background cut out of it. So, and then I made another one of him with his arm wrapped around Ronald McDonald sitting on a chair. Like, remember they used to have those chairs in front of yep. uh, those benches in front of McDonald's where you could sit on it and Ronald McDonald have his arm around you. Well, I found yes. one of those and I put Dave in it with his arm around Ronald McDonald. Well, doesn't in the whose slide is it anyway? Doesn't isn't one of the slides of like Ronald McDonald, like killer Ron? No, no, it was like Ronald McDonald with like a. Can't picture the slide now. It was like this creepy picture of Ronald McDonald, and Dave's <laughs> all going on about how Ronald McDonald is the creepiest clown ever, and how he's like killed all these people because you know the McDonalds and everything. So I'm like, I need to send this picture to Dave <laughs> because I made it and I never shared it anywhere. I sent it back to Carl, and that was it. So um, I shared it on Twitter, and I tried to send it to Danny during Who's Slide to see if he could do something with it while Dave was on stage, but it didn't didn't work out i don't know if danny didn't get my text or whatever but yeah so i've got a picture of dave with his arm around ronald mcdonald and now it's on twitter so go look up uh you know my my account gangriff on twitter and it's probably somewhere in the history during DerbyCon. <laughs> so yeah now the whole internet has a picture of ronald mcdonald with dave kennedy hey you know dave dave uh dave enjoys ronald <laughs> i guess <laughs> All right, and that leads uh, up to the best part, well, maybe the best part of Derby Con, which was a second performance of Infected Frickin' Mushroom. Uh, yeah. Um, this time with the entire band. Yeah. Was uh, amazing. Quite amazing. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I did not know that Infected Mushroom, when they played live with the whole band, actually used things like a drum kit and a guitar. I thought yes. it was all synth. I thought it was all electronic. It's not. They they did it all. I mean the 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 drum kit was electronic, so they could program how they wanted the drums to sound and whatnot. So that was pretty cool. But um, but yeah, I I did not expect that style of performance from Infected Mushroom, especially since when we saw them three years ago or whenever that was, four years ago, when it was just the two of them. Uh, it was very much like a DJ performance, not a rock band performance. And it was a lot more like a rock band performance this time. It was really, really good. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've so the 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 first year was was which was two thousand and I can't even remember now. Um, I think it was the fourth. It was DerbyCon four. It was, was twenty fourteen because it was the year the year after the one I missed. And that was yeah. So that was uh, that was the first time they were there, and it was I had never heard of Infected Mushroom. Yeah, me too. And and I have been listening to them since. It was an absolutely amazing show. Um, so coming up to this, it was I like the highlight. Is, it was what I was looking for was going to the show, and the show itself was amazing, and I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the best part of the show for me was finding my son in the crowd and going up and just hanging with him for the rest of the show. Yeah. He was, he was there in his, again, in his unicorn onesie, <laughs> and like just going crazy. And it was 
I'm still in pain from that show. Yes. It was it was a um, whole lot of fun that show. And I I was toward the I was toward the back. And I mean, there's something about Infected's music that just gets you moving. And I'm yeah, I'm, a, I'm not I'm a pretty subdued concert goer. I will hang back. I won't get into the mosh pits at the metal, at the metal shows. I won't get into the the like crazy dancing in the 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 electro shows. I will hang back, enjoy the music. And generally, just sort of bump along with the music. Well, at Infected, I'm like jumping around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what was what I what I thought was awesome was we ended up um, when I finally found him, he was dead center of the stage, about two people back from the stage itself. Yeah, uh, Dave was behind us. <laughs> so, so when we stayed there. The whole show, yeah. Um, and it was it was crazy. Did your um, ears ring by the next day, or did you have earplugs? No, I had earplugs. Um, I, I, I learned. I, I'm not dumb. <laughs> I learned after what was it, DerbyCon two, where you and I hung out near the front to watch uh, sci-fi. Yeah. Well, my ears rang for the whole next day. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, no, I'm like, I don't like I, this all that much. <laughs> I'm I'm torn. Like I really. I'm torn because I, I, I do truly enjoy like the loud, yeah. um, you know, like just the, this, the huge bass that you get. And I, and I really, really enjoy it. Like, even if I'm, I'm ringing for the next day, like I really, really enjoy it, but yeah, I know the, that, the, you know, like it, it actually does damage. And I, I had to put the, the head. Yeah. The, the, the two, the two opening acts, um, Randy, oh, what the heck was his name? I forget his last name. Yeah, Start it was Randy. Dance, Randy then, something. Um, uh, who was the other one? Nikki? It's, no. Uh, I think it starts with an N, too, but I can't remember it now. Um, both DJs. Um, I, yeah, I both the DJs. Anyway, the, the two opening acts were not as loud as Infected, and I did not put in eardrum. Ear protection for them and that was awesome because you get to hear a little more clearly it's not muffled like it is with the earplugs uh but for infected i i needed them i had to put them in i i mean i would argue that even with the uh earplugs in there was it was was still pretty loud yeah it was it was not uh it was not dulled out at all it was well no it was dulled out just enough that it wasn't making it wasn't hurting your eardrums (laughs) (laughs) right so it's it's Stedman and Nina Lowe. Yeah, Nina Lowe. Thank that's you, it. Jedi. There it is. Thank you, Jedi. Uh, so yeah, Nina Lowe. They were both really good. They're both really good acts. Um, we saw we saw Randy the year before, and I think Nina Lowe the year before, and they were both good then too. Yes. Um, I would I would love to see their work more often. You know, I don't know if they actually tour or if this is a thing they just do, like if they're just local DJs or something. I don't know. So, yeah, that was good. Infected was an awesome show, as always. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Uh, and that brings us to Sunday. Yeah, um, I, I didn't do a whole lot Sunday. I did go to Integral's talk. Yes. Uh, which was kind of cool. Early in the morning to get to Integral's talk. Yep. Uh, which was um, about uh, moving from... Python two to three, uh, well, it was. I think it was more than that. Um, he's taking, yeah. he's taking. Um, uh, the word escapes me now. Um, 
It's not VulnDB. It's the other one. Uh, Exploit DB. Exploit DB. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to find it in my head. So I'm like, what was that? <laughs> He's taking Exploit DB, and he is um, using. I guess he's parsing through all the exploit DB scripts and converting them all to Python three. Yeah. So the the reasoning behind this is exploit DB is full of a lot of really good code, or at least a lot of really good um, libraries, a lot of really good uh, attacks and whatnot. I'm I'm trying to find the right word. A lot of really good concepts. How's that? And they're all they're all they're all implemented in code that is aging. A lot of them are implemented in Python 2, and nobody's maintaining them. No one's keeping them up to date. And the the point that he or the the, the point of the project that he's he's uh, embarking on is to use Python to convert Python from two to three. And he 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 mentioned the name of the library that he's using to do it, uh, and it's pretty cool work. And I I don't use exploit DB because I'm not a pen tester or not a red teamer. Um, but uh, I think it's it's good work. It's it's good work to do, and I think that could be applied to a lot of a lot of coding projects that may be aging like that. Yeah, and he's he's using a, a library to get to to basically it's using ASTs to sort of parse through. It, it becomes like a parse tree, and right. then he goes through that parse tree. Um, in a in a sequence that he's come up with uh, and converts it to Python three, and it's it works. It's really interesting and uh, it's thankless work. I mean, it's he's got a lot of work that he's done, and it, it's sort of amazing. Um, and what's what's neat about it is he was giving the talk and he's like, "Yeah, so I figured out how to do this on Tuesday, and I rewrote my talk right and the code." Right in that time, because I found a better way to do it. He was and up. He was up. Was it Saturday night? We saw him in the the lobby yeah. of the Hyatt writing his yep. code. Yep, drinking Saturday? meat and writing or was code. It, or was it Friday night? Whatever it was. That one night we were hanging out at the Hyatt. It was before his talk, and he's like, "Yeah, I got to get this code done before my talk." And I'm like, "Don't you have a derby to finish?" <laughs> like, yeah, I'm working on that too. He's working like, on. It. Don't worry, I'll get it done. And he almost had it done. The derby. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so uh, he was looking for contributors. So. If if anybody is great with Python, uh, go look up his talk. It was a stable talk in the nine o'clock slot on Sunday. So if you go to Iron Geek, and again, we'll we'll link this in the show notes. Uh, watch the talk. He he tells you how you can contribute at the end. So anybody who's a Python programmer out there that wants to contribute to what could be a good project and might actually benefit other uh, code repositories like this that might be aging, uh, go check it out. Yeah, and he's uh, he is interested in learning anything and everything. So yeah, if I you think have a he... better technique for this, like he will love you to death. Yeah, he wants to know the everything. So. Yep. And then, I, unless you have other things to talk about, I think that brings us to closing ceremonies. Well, I, I'm going to mention Stick again. Um, okay. Only because so so Stick was you know if you remember from before he was one of our Derby yep. uh, Derby. Uh, people mm-hmm. and he had put together a derby um, using the the foam oh, right. the foam okay. sticks that that we had at the, the concerts 
Um, and the, it was neat, but you know, I mean, it was, it was the build quality wasn't that great. And you know, it was, it was, I, he did it for fun. So whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, the other thing that he did is so that he gathered one, one moment before, yep, before you say that one thing, if any of you follow me on Twitter, you will notice that at three of the most recent Derby cons, I have updated my profile picture because there's a guy in the background with red hair and a red beard. Right, it has become a tradition. So the first, the 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 2015 Hack Your Derby, the one with the the brown one with the antenna on it, um, Rich, who helped me make the previous years, didn't make it to DerbyCon. So we're at MeadCon in a suite in the Hyatt, and I'm just hanging out there drinking some mead, and I get a text from Rich, and he asks how the build went, and I just kind of like turned, and I pulled out my phone, and I took a selfie of me holding up my my pewter mug with full of mead and I tilted the derby downward and behind me is stick <laughs> and he's just like standing there stroking his beard cuz he's he's like had too much to drink or whatever and like for that whole following year um he's following me on Twitter and like right before derbycon the next year he goes hey we have to get a new profile picture together and to me I didn't remember who this guy even was. I didn't realize he was even in the background. And when I got to DerbyCon and I met him, I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do this. And I recognize him. I'm like, it's you. <laughs> so we've taken two more profile pictures and we got one again this year. So that's Stick. Go look at my Twitter profile. You'll see this big, tall, red-haired guy in the background. That's Stick. Now continue yep. your story. So, Sorry for interrupting. Okay. So <laughs> that's okay. So Stick gathered... Um, so they had these long uh, foam tubes, yeah. and in the tubes were lights, um, like uh, little LEDs with a battery. Yeah, they just—it's like blink, like blink, usual whatever. raver stuff. It they just blink and yep. you you know whatever. Yeah. So so stick gathered a bunch of these, and I don't know what the impetus was, um, but he decided to start taping them together. Yeah. And in the end, he created what he called the bum raft 1.0. <laughs> yes. It started out. <laughs> This started out as a joke. Yeah. And he, so if you haven't been to Louisville, um, there are a number of homeless people that kind of wander around and beg for money and, you know, the normal homeless thing. Um, some of which are truly homeless. Some of which I think are not homeless and are just begging for just money. For money. Yeah. Um, so he took this raft that he created, which was roughly, uh, Based on the picture I saw, probably between five and six feet long. It was about it was about adult sized, yeah. Yep, and he walked up to one of the homeless people and handed it to him and said, "I made you a bed." Yeah, yeah. He said he came across and, this guy. He was like trying to sleep on a grate or something, and yep. he just like gave him the the bum raft. Yep, and this guy. I mean, I, there's a picture on Twitter. Yeah. Um, this guy is so unbelievably full of joy after getting this thing. Yeah. And and it became it went from a funny joke to you know, holy shit, I think I may have just changed somebody's life. Yeah, I mean even um, if it's just a thing for him to sleep on. You know? Yep. Yep. So an act of kindness, uh a a reuse of something that honestly was just going to get thrown away. Yeah, there's probably and, a million of those things in a dumpster in Louisville right now. Several yeah, dumpsters and, in Louisville right now. And 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 it brought joy to this guy's this guy's face. Um and it was just it was very cool. Yes. Very, very cool. Definitely cool. So, 
Uh, so, so that happened. So Stick and is then, Stick is well, part of uh, Adrian's video crew. That's that's pretty much how we met him to begin with, because he was at MeadCon, which is hosted by Adrian. So. I I don't think I knew that he was on the video crew. Yeah, he was actually filming okay, cool. the closing ceremonies. I saw him doing it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, speaking of closing ceremonies. Yes, closing ceremonies. Transition. Yay. So, yes, closing ceremonies. Um, it was as heartfelt as you'd expect it to be. Um, I don't... So, I had to go on stage at closing ceremonies, and when I got into closing ceremonies, like, I didn't sleep well uh, Saturday night into into Sunday, right? Uh, I don't know why. I just couldn't sleep well. And then, um, so I had more coffee than I should have during the day, Sunday, and I had more water to try to offset the coffee, <laughs> right? So I'm in closing ceremonies, and I'm a little nervous about having to go up on stage to present the Hacker Derby prizes or the winners, and I really have to pee. <laughs> so uh, Dave's going through the, the beginning of the opening ceremonies, and all I'm thinking about is how much i got to go pee. So um, I quick cut out to go to the bathroom, and, um, like, in record time, get to the bathroom, go to the bathroom, come back. And as I'm coming back into the room, he's calling Hack Your Derby. <laughs> so the whole beginning of closing ceremonies is kind of a blur to me. So I don't know how much of it you saw, and if you can recite anything that happened at the beginning of the opening ceremony or closing ceremonies. <laughs> um, basically, it's recorded. It, if you want to go watch it, <laughs> yeah, it's it's recorded. So basically, they they you know it was a lot of thank you for this, thank you for that, yeah. and then they start going through the various uh, uh, different activities that happened that weren't necessarily derby shank sanctioned stuff. Um, right, and. Now it uh you know now we get to the dirt the the hack the derby part where Nate gets on stage after telling me how incredibly nervous he is um gives this whole thing where he lays out what derby is and calls a couple people in the audience and remembers names and another thing was good and then basically pours his heart out to Dave and leaves and and it was it was very well done. What did you want me to do? Just hang out up there? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, the, the, the no, 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 no. You did, you did quite well. I, I probably would have just went, uh, Derby. I was, I was nervous as hell. You, by. you may have noticed it at the beginning. I was out of breath, and that was because my heart was like thumping out of my chest because I'm in, on stage yeah. in front of all of DerbyCon, which isn't a huge conference, but it's several thousand people. <laughs> you know, that's a lot for me. <laughs> So yeah, 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 I well, I mean, I I couldn't think of a better place to thank Dave for doing what he did, and I'm sure he, I hope he appreciated it. He seemed to. He gave me a hug, which, by the way, Dave Kennedy's really tall, and I'm really short. So getting a hug from Dave for me is very awkward. I'm like on my tiptoes trying to reach Dave. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! I know, no, 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 no. Awkward hugs. Awkward hugs are trademark Jason. Street. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jason, since I know you're watching the podcast. He's got to be watching the podcast, right? Sorry, Mr. Street. Um, I didn't mean to steal your trademark. Mr. Street. <laughs> Mr. Street, right? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so the Hackers for Charity auction happened, but then um, Johnny Long decided to not take any of the money, and he gave it back to DerbyCon to give to charities, whoever, yeah. whatever charities they wanted, which was cool. 
That's like the usual, you know, MO for DerbyCon. Everyone comes there and gives a whole bunch of money to things. Um, I don't know how that happened. Like, how did DerbyCon become the con of people who give a lot of money? It just did. Yeah, since the first year. Yeah, um, since the very first year. I mean, they did the... So, so. I mean, I went into DerbyCon never, never having gone to a con before. Yeah. And yeah, me too. They had this Hackers for Charity thing. I didn't know what it was, but they were having an auction. And I was like, oh, this, this stuff is pretty cool. Um, so I put a couple bucks here and there and here and there. And no word to lie, every single thing that I bid on when they finally did the live auction part went for at least like hundreds, <laughs> several hundred dollars over what I bid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I've never won anything at one of those auctions because I, I can't compete. Yeah, right. We don't um, have that kind of money laying around. And 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 like, look, I mean, yes, there's things that I would like and it would be cool if I can get them. But I mean, the money that they're throwing at the stuff is just stupid, just stupid, stupid money. There was it a is. bat. It is. Was it the bat? The bat went for what? Like seventy nine hundred dollars. No. So the bat went for. Like three thousand something. And then the guy who yep. won it gave it back to have it re-auctioned. And it yes. went for two thousand, and then that yep. guy gave it back to have it re-auctioned, and it went for like another two thousand. And that right. basically so like meant the that bat went for like seven grand. Yeah, all three over of those people grand. paid for a bat that they didn't even keep. Right. <laughs> I think the last and guy then, kept it. Wait, no, no, no. Then no, the last. I don't think the last person kept it. They gave it to Lily. Oh yeah. Yeah, the baby. There's so there was a there was a a, a DerbyCon baby. Uh, nice. uh, if you know who I'm talking about, great. If not, tough luck. Yeah. Um. And oh no, that was the hat. I'm sorry. The hat went to Lily. Okay. Hat. The hat, which was also also went for seven for uh. Yeah, it was a couple 20, hundred bucks. I think it went for twenty. No, it went for a couple thousand. I thought. Oh right. Um. The hat also went. The hat went to Lily. The bats went to. I don't know who got the bats. There was there was talk of giving bats and people about for certain things. Uh, yeah. But it was the hat. Yeah. Dave's Dave's final derby hat that got signed by everybody went right. to Lily. The um, uh, a Jedi days in the uh, the chat. He's, he he reminded me of the 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 table covers from the SE Village. Oh yeah, like yeah. I don't even know what they were. I don't even know why anybody thought they were worth anything or why they brought them up to auction them. I guess they're just like, well, Derby's over. We don't need these things anymore, so we're gonna yep, auction them off. Much. And they made yeah. like another two, three grand for each item. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Total. <laughs> it looks like what three. Five seven seventy six hundred dollars for the SE stuff. Yeah, and then all of this money goes to charity. Yeah. Um. So you've got hackers for charity. There was the mental health village. Or I'm sorry, the metal health village. Yeah, the metal health. Uh, there was um, uh, what is it's in? Is it uh, innocent lives? Uh, yeah, I think that's what it was called. The one that's benefits lives. benefits children. Yeah, the yeah. kids. Um, and I think uh, um, I'm not sure what else there was. I know that I know that one of the charities that the money left over from DerbyCon when they're done is going to is Child's Play, which is near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure of others. So so yeah, I mean like. It, this isn't this isn't like they did an auction and they made all this money like no this this all went to charity um and and that's i don't i mean <laughs> right 
over the course of the nine years that DerbyCon went on, it was like according according to the stats that they gave. Yeah, Hackers for Charity alone, they raised over seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and that that didn't include DerbyCon Nine. That was on the slides at the closing ceremony. So whatever they did at 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 nine, you know, must have been another I don't know, probably another fifty grand. Right, right. I. I Unbelievable. With the way people were throwing money around. I, I I don't know how people can throw that much money around, but I guess they make more than I do, and that, that's what yeah, uh, that's little, what makes it possible. Little Just a little bit, bit yeah. So, yeah. Um, DerbyCon is a very giving conference. And that brings us to another... I don't know. You could... I, I know you may have mixed opinions on this. Uh, the, the announcement they made at the end of the closing ceremonies about the Derby Communities uh, Initiative... Yeah, I'm still I'm I'm sort of holding my breath to see what happens. Yeah, so basically um Dave and his team have come up with a I don't know if you call it a framework, but maybe it's not even a framework yet. I haven't looked at any there's, any there's, of the details. They're still working on it. But it's it's basically um you can make small community groups in DerbyCon's name that are meant to carry on the uh the feel or the the message that DerbyCon was was portraying, which is a message right. of being good to each other and giving and building communities. Um, yeah. To you and I, because we had a conversation about this on Monday or maybe Sunday night, I don't remember. Um, it sounds a whole lot like B-Sides. Yeah, so um, I wonder if I can find the post. So um, somebody actually asked that in the DerbyCon Slack. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> I uh, asked it, and I, I forget what the answer was already because I only skimmed it this morning. Um, I could have sworn it was somebody else. but okay. Well, maybe, maybe someone else uh, did too, but I asked it. Um, yeah, and, and the community's chat is already like crazy full up. Yep. Um, yep. So... Oh, okay, sorry. Somebody asked... Dave in a PM. Oh, so if that was you, great. If not, that like, wasn't. I don't me. know. Okay, <laughs> so he asked, "How does this differ from B sides?" And yeah. um, the way that he explained it is sort of that, like he doesn't want to replace B sides. Um, I would hope B-Sides not. Has its its own thing. Um, so they're looking at, and and this is so realize that just to be clear, this is Tuesday. This is a day and a half after DerbyCon has ended. Right. Um, he said, what I envision is three tiers of communities, DerbyCon chapters, um, already established chapters in the DerbyCon network and cons. Um, and so I started thinking that about that a little bit and, and they're working on this more trying to figure out like what this is going to look like long-term. Yeah. Um, the DerbyCon chapters almost sounds to me more like a 2600 chapter. Yeah. Um, so you know how we're we're part of DC six ten, like a DefCon group. Yeah, a DefCon group. Yeah. Um, and and it, it seems much more of that ilk than of a B sides. But then they also want to include the cons. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how all this pans out. Um, they're still trying to sort of figure this out. Um, and and of course, <laughs> being a day and a half after Derby. When he typed all this up, he spelled 
Derby Con wrong and spelled it with an M, and that has been <laughs> is now following through in everything. So like Derby the latest Com. messages. Yeah, so that one of the latest messages I see is like benefits of Derby Com. So right. right. Um so that they're gonna they're gonna, you know, rag on him forever for that. But uh Well, DerbyCom yeah. is also a nice way of saying Derby communities. Maybe. That's the way maybe. I took it. Okay. Well maybe maybe it was intended. Maybe. Um, maybe. So so it's it's uh it's it's moving forward and they're trying to figure out what to do and um, I don't know we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting I'm, to I'm, see where it goes. I wouldn't I'm mind I'm sort of following it like on the side, you know, I I I I run I help run two different cons already, so I'm yeah. not too overly worried about it yet. I wouldn't mind lobbying Danny to turn our Defcon group into a Derbycon group. <laughs> yeah we'll start our own derby con group yeah 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 we'll do that it'll be derby def con derby def, def con derby, six con. Def derby 2600 yeah con. all right and so that i think about covers derby con kind of a blow by blow and then of course there was a long drive back home which you slept mostly through because you didn't sleep Sunday night. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember any of that. All I know is I drove halfway back from Louisville trying to keep myself awake with you and your son, like, snoring. Well, you weren't actually snoring, but you were snoozing the whole drive. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I might have might have overdone it. Might have drank and stayed up too late. Whiskey is weird because it's, it's another one of those, like, I know I had a bit. But I didn't. Ha- it's not like I drank, con- you know, continually. Yeah. All night long, um, whiskey's one of those that that sort of, you know, you drink it and you feel okay, and then you drink a little more and you feel okay, and and then you don't, and and then it hits you, and then it just continues for hours. Um. So I I I I may have gone to bed at six a.m. to get up at eight and leave to go home. But I won't admit to such things. You won't admit to such things. Wait, you didn't get up at eight. <laughs> uh, my alarm went off at eight. So I was I, I, I was texting you between seven thirty and eight thirty, and I finally got a response at eight thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the, my alarm did actually go off at eight, and I I may have told it to shut up a couple times. Be quiet. I'm tired. Leave me alone. Oh wait, Nate's trying to find out why I'm not down in the lobby. Crap. <laughs> in my defense, Kesosek was supposed to wake me up, and what I got was, "Yeah, I shook you once, and then I went to sleep." <laughs> so, <laughs> not sorry. It's okay. We we still got the only back night in I let hour. loose. It's the only night I let loose. Yeah, me too. I I really didn't party hard at DerbyCon this year. And to be honest, like, yeah, it's fun, but I, I got yeah. I got tired of feeling sick all weekend. Yeah, no, I mean, I felt kind of crappy on the way home. Yeah, but, uh, but I mean, in, know, I in previous years, out. in previous years, it's so easy to overdo it when you're at a conference like DerbyCon. It's so easy to just fall in with the crowd of all the folks that are drinking. And I have a decent alcohol tolerance, but I mean, three, four, five drinks in a night, that'll really hit me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so I don't want to make it all about drinking. Um, people who don't drink, um, you can fall into this same trap. So it's it's 
I mean, it's slightly different, but you know, even even in the early Derby cons before I was was, you know, and I'm still not a huge heavy drinker, but um, even in the early Derby cons, there's there's that FOMO where you're just like, I have to see all the things. Everything's yeah. going on. This yep. doesn't end. Yeah, exactly. And it, you can find something to do 24-7 at Derby. Yes, you can. I mean, um, in the late nights, and, it's generally just like hanging out in the lobby, chatting with people. But these are brilliant yep. people and fun people and people you want to you don't want to miss out on spending time with. Yes, absolutely. And and, and even even sober, you know, not having a drink at all. I yeah. have gone, you know, through entire nights where the wake I, 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 you know, the next morning comes along and I'm like, crap. I need to sleep and you know, like, but I can't sleep long. I've got all this other stuff to do. And you wake yeah. up. And, yeah. You, you know get what? up the Am next I- morning and there's talks. I'm like, I don't want to miss the talks or, or I'm volunteering. I got to get the speaker ops. Right. Yeah. So right. it's really yeah. easy, really easy to get lack of sleep. It's really easy to get dehydrated and it's really easy to drink way too much. <laughs> if yeah, you drink. Which is what, I mean, honestly, why, you know, I, 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 I kept a low profile on Friday uh, yeah. You know, I went to the party on Saturday and still kept a relatively low profile after the party. And then Sunday, I figured, you know, we're driving home the next day. Um, I, I didn't actually intend to stay up that late. I was going to go to bed earlier. But, you know, you yeah. meet people and you hang out and you start talking and you look at your watch and go, oh, God, what yeah. have I done? Yeah. Why am I still up? So, so DerbyCon, folks. DerbyCon. Um, lots of fun. You should go next year. Nope. No, not oh, gonna happen. Can't go next no. year. I heard they're sold out already. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Dave. Dave is notorious for putting the tickets on on sale early, but he's outdone himself this time. Put them on really early this time, and they're all sold out. Yep. Dang, that's okay. I got a black badge this year. Yeah, so did I. Uh, <laughs> over there, somewhere. Over there. Up mine's, there. Up there. Mine's already hanging with my my other badges in the office. Of course, that is your office. Uh, so. Yeah, that's another another neat thing is there are a ton of other conferences that are respecting official DerbyCon black badges. The one that Jason is showing you now is technically labeled as a black badge, but it was just a normal attendee badge. Wait, what are you talking about? Or is that what? That's a volunteer badge, isn't it? That's staff badge. Yep. But but it says black badge on it. Totally says black badge. Yep. I. I can't go to. Oh, I know. That's horrible. Um. Oh, Mine's... real quick. I'm gonna show this. That's nice. This. Uh, uh. Give a shout out to Technic. Um. Yeah. He made these. Uh. I happened to see it early and was able to order one. Um. They are 3D printed. So the bottom, this this brownish material is wood. It's a 3D printed like uh uh wood material. Oh, it's and actually it's, wood. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I didn't it's know you can the, 3D print wood. Yes. It's, well, it's a... It's a... Uh, I wish Queso was here. He could tell you the exact like, terminology <laughs> around it. But it basically, it's like... My understanding is it's it's like it's almost like sawdust with plastic. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and when it melts, that whatever that plastic they have in there like basically turns into like a glue, and it sort of glues it all together. That's cool. Um, pretty neat. So. All right, so I think we're done talking about Derby Count. I'm going to transition. We got a little bit of housekeeping. We do have some news. I don't know how much we're going to cover. It's already we're already at an hour and forty minutes. Anybody still hanging out? I don't know. All right, let's let's move along.
All right. So any of you, so I think it was August, was it 15th was the last show we recorded, which feels like forever ago at this point. But that was the episode where none of the co-hosts showed up <laughs> and I had Mark Richter on um, because we were going to talk about the Red Hat Accelerators group and then things got sideways with that. So we just had Mark on as a guest host and then Jason couldn't make it and all the other co-hosts were busy doing other things. Sorry, I don't, I don't remember that show. Because of life. Uh, well, on that show, I um, I mentioned Patreon in a little a little more depth than we normally do, and that was mainly because um, just the expenses of the show and whatnot. And I'd like to see a little more out of the show to try to at least pay for the expenses and maybe pay for more gear. Sorry, I'm hitting my mic. Pay for more gear. Pay for you know maybe even give some kind of some sort of a stipend to the hosts. Um, you know whatever. I don't want to go crazy with it. I'm not one to ask for money frequently, but the show is like two and a half years old, and I would like to see it make a little money. And you guys responded, and I wanted to thank everyone who did. We went from, on that show, we were making like $18 a month out of Patreon. This month, we're making $52 out of Patreon. And we we gained like, I think, five patrons after that show, some of which I think were Red Hat Accelerators, which is fine. Um, because they all tuned in for the show, and they decided to start giving some money. Uh, so I just want to do what I've seen a lot of other shows do, and that's just simply thank their patrons. Uh, there's not a huge list. If this list ever gets really long, I'll probably throw it at the end of the show so that folks can tune out if they want to. Um, there's one guy who's been a patron of ours since near the beginning. I think he's forgotten that he's giving us money. Um, this guy, he goes by Don't the handle... Him. What's that? Don't remind him. Don't remind him, right. Well... I sent him a thank you the other day, and he didn't stop giving us money. So, um, no, anyway, he goes by the handle 22532. And literally, like, the second month that we had this show up, he started donating money. Or they. Might be a woman. I don't know. This person started donating money. Um, anonym, anonymity seems to be their thing, because uh, um, he was. they were on the uh, DerbyCon Slack, I think it was. Yeah, it wasn't the defensive security before. slack. Might have been the defensive uh, security slack. That's where I met this person, and they told me that they enjoyed the show, and they started giving us money, and they have not stopped. They've given us like $160 at this point. So I sent them a nice thank you, and I, you know, said, like, you've been great. Thank you for being a patron for so long. Please don't stop. Um, Andy F., who is one of the organizers of the uh, the Accelerators group, uh, Dementor, who is actually a person who's contacted us via Twitter about being on the show at some point. Um, that'll be an upcoming thing. He, he does a thing called PowerShell on Linux. He's a Twitter account, PowerShell on Linux. Um, if you're listening, I have not forgotten about your, <laughs> your request to be on the show. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, John S., uh, Julius, and Mark R., who is the same guy who was on the show, um, two weeks ago or three weeks ago at this point. Um, so they're all of our new patrons, uh, including two of our co-hosts that are that have been patrons for a while. I thank you guys, too. I didn't think you wanted to be embarrassed and be called out on the show. <laughs> so, yes, thank you. And there's a link to the Patreon in the, uh, uh, in the show notes if anybody is still interested in giving to Patreon. Um, I set up a couple of goals because I basically went in there to update uh, Patreon and basically, at this at this level, the $50, $50 a month level, we can actually maybe host the website at a better location. 
Um, right now it's on a very, very small digital ocean droplet and I'm going to improve that a bit because it does have some, some stability problems because I have it so limited to keep the cost down. It runs out of memory from time to time. So I'm hoping to improve that. Uh, reviews. Thank you all. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Every one of you for every penny. I'm going to count all the pennies and thank you with each one. (laughs) Uh, we have some reviews. Um, this is from Sabertooth604 via iTunes, right? This came from iTunes? Yeah, uh, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry. Basically. Uh, it says, useful info and entertaining. Gave us five stars. I listen to, to Iron Sysadmin on a regular basis. This podcast contains useful, relevant information covering a plethora of subjects. Nate, Jason, Dustin, and the others. I guess Charles was the name he couldn't remember. Definitely <laughs> deliver an entertaining view on information technology. Thanks, and keep up the good work from Canada. He's even got a smiley face in there. From Canada. So even the Canadians like us. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, Mog's yeah. a Canadian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Mog's special. Mog is special. We don't we don't we don't compare all Canadians to him. <laughs> That's probably good. <laughs> probably is good. He may probably agree with that too. <laughs> all right. I think we're gonna skip other chat unless you had something you were just dying to tell our listeners today. Uh no, so the chat section in here is empty, and I believe that means we don't talk about it. Indeed. So I'm gonna just go ahead and delete oh, that now heading. It's pink. Oh, now it's gone. It's gone. The chat is gone. Uh, we're gonna go into the news. The news. All right, so our first article for tonight is from TechCrunch, and it is titled, Loot Boxes in Games Are Gambling and Should Be Banned for Kids, says UK MPs. What's an MP? Um, uh, I don't remember. Mundane parents, I'm going to say that. Mundane? <laughs> <laughs> Members of Parliament. Ah, screw that. <laughs> Apologies to our uh, <laughs> listeners from across the pond. <laughs> but your mundane parents are very amusing. All right. So anyway, so I guess they're talking specifically about... So uh, folks who maybe aren't gamers might not be familiar with this model, but there's a model of gaming nowadays that's referred to as micropayments or pay-for-play, um, where instead of buying a game and playing it, or paying a subscription fee for a game, you're given the game for free, free inside of big heavy quotes, uh, and then you play the game, but you make microtransactions that pays the game developer's money. Those microtransactions are things like, why are you shaking your head like I'm doing this all because wrong? Because the games are free. They're free to play. There's They're no free. quotes. It's Free dash two dash play. Come okay. on, now. there's no, there is no <laughs> trick here at no, all. No trick at all. <laughs> so anyway, so the uh, the, the idea is that instead of paying for the game or paying a subscription fee, you pay for things in the game. Like I want some awesome shoes, or like a funny haircut, or whatever. Um, so some games take that a little further, and you can buy boxes of loot, which is what this article is talking yep. about. So um, I guess when you exchange money. For a thing that contains random items, which may or may not be of value, that sounds kind of like gambling. 
right? Yeah. yeah. So that's essentially what the article is getting across. Unless I misunderstand, Jason, you may have no, I, I read think this a little more closely. So, so my this is such a hard one because I I agree and I disagree. So, like, I get that if you take a very loose view of what gambling is and and how it works like you can you can fit this in that box um and and just just to be clear before i get crucified i i also believe that using technology and these some these what i would consider underhanded tactics to trick a child into purchasing things yes just so that you can make money is is bullshit and it's wrong like it just flat out like that shouldn't be happening um and i and i think it needs to something needs to happen to fix it this is this just feels like it's it, it feels like a stretch to me yeah um, yeah now some of these games are very underhanded and tricky uh, they in, are in exactly as you're describing trying to trying to convince kids that their parents have just plugged payment information into the game into buying stuff yes so that does happen but I don't know that that's exactly what this article is trying to tackle. Yeah, I mean, so different games take different tactics on this. Yeah, um, yeah, and so the, there's the, there's the, like FIFA, um, which is soccer, where you can buy like loot boxes. Now, yeah. now, their kids, you know, I, I understand, you know, different people are interested in different things. FIFA is about soccer, not about what shoes you're wearing. And and to be honest, I don't think any of the stuff that you get out of these loot boxes actually makes your your players better. There's no boosts or anything. Yeah, I have no idea. I've never me. played it. Um, but then they're talking about things like RuneScape, which will this game die ever, please? <laughs> nope, never. <laughs> um, fifty thousand. I think that's the pound sign. Uh, fifty thousand pounds on microtransactions. Um. I, I didn't even know you could buy stuff from RuneScape. I don't know. It's been a while. And of course, then there's the there's the big elephant in the room of Fortnite. Yeah, which, which is like the throwing big, ridiculous amounts of money at the big thing nowadays. Yeah. Because you need to have the sunglasses and the. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious. Like, so my my kids um, back in the day played uh, League of Legends and yeah. spent a spent a a bunch of money on new characters and stuff for their characters. And, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, they, they asked and, and we talked to them about it and, you know, it wasn't like they were just like stealing credit cards and buying stuff. No. Um, and so they spent, wait, no, I never did they, that. I promise. They spent, <laughs> they spent a bit <laughs> of money on it. I mean, in the hundreds of dollars on these things. Um, but it, to them, it was, you know, like, and I'm a gamer. So like, I get it. Um, I understand. And I, and I played um, I personally don't spend money on loot boxes, that sort of stuff. Like yeah, I generally don't either. I don't. I don't spend money on games that, if if they're gonna give me a game that is free to play, I'm gonna play it for free. Right, <laughs> right. Even if it kills me. Even if it kills me. <laughs> some of these free free to play games are really really hard to play. They are. <laughs> they're really hard to play without spending money, and that's the point. But to me, that's the yeah. challenge. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Speaking speaking of spending money, um, how's that Galaxy Fold you bought? Yes, this is great. This 
I love it. You ran across this article while we were driving to DerbyCon, and I said, please, Uh please save that. We have to talk about this on the show. Uh Uh-huh. So... um, Remember, Remember when we talked about like, the Galaxy Fold? Like a then? month and a half ago when we talked uh-huh. about how the Galaxy Fold was finally going to get a release date. It was going to be sometime in September. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got yeah. a release date, but all yep. you people who, who pre-ordered got your pre-orders canceled. Yep. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. But <laughs> apparently yeah, if you um, pre-ordered a Galaxy Fold... There's totally a release date no, no. now. There's there's a reason for this. And this is this to me, this to me is like the kicker for this entire article. Oh, right. They had this like lame idea or lame reason why. Right. So, so they, they have canceled everybody's pre-orders. And the reason, right? Emails were sent out by I have to read it. Emails were sent out by Samsung to all customers that pre-ordered the fold to notify them that their pre-order has been canceled. So the company can quote rethink the entire customer experience so the entire customer experience is now screw you thanks for pre-ordering here's your money back yep i hope they got their money back (laughs) no no they did so so i mean they got a they got their money back and they got a 250 dollars credit to buy anything in the samsung store which Um, is nice (laughs) uh you know i mean it happens i mean that's nice I wonder if that 250 can be used to buy a, a, a Samsung <laughs> Galaxy phone. <laughs> uh, I don't think this um, phone is well received at this point. <laughs> um, and again, just if you've forgotten, the the Galaxy Fold is a a paltry one thousand nine hundred and eighty dollars, <laughs> and fraught with peril. Yeah, fraught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, go go re-pre-order your Galaxy Fold. <laughs> Speaking All of right. shiny new things. So I have to say, the freaking every time I see this this picture of this ridiculous lens cluster on the new iPhone, <laughs> I picture spiders. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. It's Pretty ridiculous good. looking. So, so what's what's interesting This is I from Wired, by the way. <laughs> I I cannot remember the name of the condition, but apparently there is a condition where um, it, it clusters of, oh, how did this go? Clusters of certain um, uh, like objects. It was try something or other phobia. Yes, uh, I, I heard about this this bother, morning. On yeah, the news. So apparently bother people a lot. Yeah. And the iPhone 11... Uh, Pro triggers these people. Yeah, has a cluster of three so, um, cameras on the back. Tell me why I didn't watch the release. Why does so it have three I cameras? Can, I can actually tell you this. So one of them is a telephoto lens. Oh, really? One of them. One of them is a wide angle lens, and one of them is an ultra wide angle lens. Wow. And what's re- cool about this is i mean it looks ridiculous i'm, I'm it not does. I, to me <laughs> it, it looks absolutely does <laughs> but the neat thing is that um so there's a couple of neat things like when you're taking pictures you can flip through the lenses like and it's seamless right um, um what i'd actually like to see is for the uh, and maybe it's possible i didn't see a demo of it but if the camera took a picture with all three lenses simultaneously 
that would and be weird. allowed you to dynamically choose the picture afterwards. That would yeah. Be cool. yeah. What you can do is if you're using the video camera on it, you can flip, like you can change the zoom on the lens and will automatically jump between the lenses. So if you go from like ultra wide to wide, like it, it's seamless. It just changes and you don't even notice it. That's cool. Um, the other neat thing is that you can actually get all three lenses, um, all three video from all three lenses simultaneously on the screen at the same time. Cool. So, so th there is some neat stuff there. Um, neat, neat features, especially for someone who does media on the go, like I do with my Jeep channel. Um, that, yeah, it actually so, sounds really, really useful to have a, a multi-purpose camera like that. Right. I don't know how often you would use these sorts of features in real life. I'm not a photographer. I'm not somebody who does this stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, I actually don't even know how many. Oh, I guess my, my phone has two cameras on it. Um, I had to look. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's neat. again, you can't see me, but I'm holding up. My phone, which has one camera, which I use for certain things when I'm doing my videos. I have this older GoPro that I use for some things when I'm doing my video projects. And I have this brand new GoPro that I use for other things still while I'm doing, uh, you know, video projects. And then I have an actual framed camera, not like a fancy one, but I want to get a nice camera uh, that has you know, like yet another purpose. Right. And it's you have to have all these devices to do these things. Um, to get like just the right shot. And I'm not even a professional. <laughs> like you ever see the photographer walking around the wedding that has three cameras around his neck? Well, this is why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gillis. So Gillis is the one that was taking the pictures at Derby. Yeah. Um, I want to say had two cameras on him. And then Casey, who did, was the official photographer for DerbyCon. Mm hmm had two cameras on them so yeah usually a good photographer will carry at least two cameras because well depending on what the venue that he's at one of them will have a really long telephoto lens and the other one will be for closer shots all um, i can think when i see these guys is how the hell do you keep these cameras from slamming into each other yes right like every time i see them it's, i just like cringe because i know especially professionals those cameras are like several thousand dollars each yeah and then when you're doing things like action shots, you need a whole different camera to get yeah. good either still or uh, video clips. Like the reason I have two different GoPros is because this one is relatively cheap and I can uh, get decent pictures with it. Decent, not pictures, but decent video with it. And this, the other one is a GoPro 7, which has really nice image stability to it. Right. So I like right. to have both of them, one of them to just like, oh, I need a quick picture. I'll put it in its case and I'll stick it, you know, in the mud over here next to where I'm driving the Jeep. But the GoPro seven, that's a lot more expensive and gets really nice uh, action like video footage will be like on the dash of the Jeep or something. Right. So it's right. like you just need a bunch of cameras sometimes. Um, right. Not that the iPhone 11 would solve that because it's all one physical camera, but it's got all these uses to it. And that actually is kind of useful. But anyway, right. that's not what this article's about. <laughs> no, no, I was, I, was, I was trying to find a way in there. It's not, that article just, has absolutely nothing to do with the camera. We just went on a tangent because I saw this picture and it made me think, why? <laughs> yeah, because there's not a picture of the chip. So inside of the new iPhone 11, uh, there's a fancy new chip called the U1. Um, and I had seen, like, honestly, most of the reason this article is in, in our news is because I kept seeing it pop up here and there about how um, 
Apple has this new chip in the phone that they didn't really talk about, but this is going to change a lot of things. And maybe it's like the future of stuff. And I, you know, figured we'd, we'd chat about it. Um, so the U1 chip is a, it's not Bluetooth. It's not Wi-Fi. It's something called ultra wide band. Um, and apparently it's been around for a long time. And according to this article, um, Apple added this to the phone um, for, uh, I forget what the hell it said. Oh, uh, for the ability to locate other U1-equipped Apple, Apple devices. So it, it's basically a, a chip that they're going to use to locate other things with that chip in it. The trick with this chip, if I'm understanding how this works, is that it's not like oh, hey, um, there's another device in proximity with the U1 chip. The trick with this chip is there's another device in the proximity with this chip. Oh, and by the way, here's exactly where it is. Right. So <clears throat> the precise location within 30, I want to say it was 30 centimeters. I think you said 30 centimeters when we were reading it before. Yeah, 30, a 30 centimeter range of where the device is. Now, Which is pretty close. Yeah, that is that is. That's like the close. length of one ruler, basically, isn't it? Thirty centimeters. Uh, yay, big or so. I'm not, I don't remember. Um, Google, how far is 30, 30 centimeters two inches? Okay, uh, Google. Google says it Convert is thirty centimeters to inches. Roughly twelve inches. Yeah, so it's one, it's one ruler. Exactly. I just I just triggered every Google device. Is equal to eleven point eight one one inches. <laughs> well, I don't know what that was. What was that's that? That's the tablet that I use for the soundboard. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to trigger that. I was trying to get my Google Home that's over here next to the monitor. Oh, anyway, it's about 12 inches. <laughs> yeah, so so, so the the article <laughs> speculates a little bit, and, and there's a rumor that Apple is looking at creating a competitor to the tile um if you're not familiar with tile it's this little square uh device i think it's bluetooth um that you put on things and then if you lose them you can send signals to them and they'll make noise and uh if you lose them and they're far away from it it uses other people in the area to identify where th where they are etc um and that sounds creepy one of the one of the things that they they sort of talked about in here is that Oh yeah, ultra wideband. Like you could do that, but Apple can take it a step further because they're pretty heavily invested in, in augmented reality now. Yeah. If you could pop up your camera, and you're looking for those keys that you lost, and you just sweep the camera around the room, and a little little note pops up and says your keys are here, it points at them. Because that's way better than trying to identify yes. where the sound is coming from yeah. or just knowing that it's in the room. That's um, that's actually a pretty cool use. And that's, that's pretty cool. That's what got me when we were looking at this article. Yeah. And and given given Apple's um, move into augmented, I know they haven't, I know that nothing has become super public and launched at this point. Um, but if you look at what they've been doing, there's a lot of movement and a lot of purchases company-wise and talent and everything else in the augmented augmented reality space. 
Um, if you look at what they're doing there, ultra wideband is a really cool technology for AR. And this may be something pretty big, yeah. especially if they start it. It's not that Apple's known for pushing out technology early and then jumping on it later. Um, but maybe they're starting to put these chips out there and then in a year or two, they're going to launch this huge AR platform. Just saying. Could be neat. Could be neat. Could be scary. <laughs> Everything's scary. Everything's could, scary. Could Although I have to say one of the reasons I carry an iPhone in my pocket now instead of a uh, Android in my pocket like I used to uh, is because Apple seems to be taking a much better stance on privacy than Google. And I like that. So if anyone's going to be making little chips that will locate me in an augmented reality fashion, I think I'd rather it be Apple than Google at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Which yep. I never, ever thought I'd be saying that. <laughs> I know. And now you want to drink, don't you? So let's talk about our next article. <laughs> yes. I'm just mastering these transitions today. Yeah, this is from um, what metro.co.uk. Oh, of course it's in the UK because of Metro. Where these yeah, it's are in from. the UK. Okay. Um, so, so this is this is a fun article and something that annoys me at the same time. Yes. Um, did you ever hear this game Doom? Never. No. It's, okay. it's not like it's on that poster right behind me that you can't see. I can't and, see, and that. no one can see now because I have my head in front of it right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh bethesda which owns the rights to doom now and is of course destined to you know milk it for all it's worth cash in uh, <laughs> yep. uh apparently have come up with something unique um so they've they come out with a or are coming out with a liquor uh for doom fans made out of bones straight from hell uh, That's yeah, what the article straight. says, even though they're yeah. not really straight yeah. from hell. Yeah, but bones, um, bone vodka. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't even know you could do this, but apparently you can create vodka from bones. I have no yeah. idea how it tastes. Yeah, um, but the bottle looks pretty cool, and I want a bottle. And I'm really sad because you can't buy it in the U.S. Somewhere they tell you how the process works. Maybe I'm looking at a different article. Uh, yeah, there were a bunch of different articles. Yeah, um, I don't think it's this one. Uh, blah. these are pig bones, apparently, um, which they, they've given away here. Um, does that mean it's made from pigs? Does that mean that? Well, from the bones. Folks, folks who um, can't eat, uh, eat pork can't drink this? Yes, I, I don't know. It's a shame. Uh, maybe, hopefully they smoke it first and it's like a smoked vodka. Smoked I, vodka. I really like smoked stuff, so. Um, anyway, yeah, the article I saw uh, showed the bottle, and the bottle looked awesome. This one doesn't have the bottle. Yeah, yeah, and I very much want to. I want a bottle of this. You so. just want it for the bottle. <laughs> I may have sent something overseas today to a listener of the show. Um, right, right. And and they have they have asked multiple times how much it costs to ship it overseas, and I haven't responded because I honestly, think it. I think it costs really one. Worried bottle. about it. I think it costs um, one bottle of bone vodka straight from hell. I'm starting to think so as well. <laughs> Just saying, you know, if you catch the hint, um, nice guy. Uh, so, yeah, I, this is pretty cool. This is like one of those things that I would I would put up on my shelf because it's it's just neat. Um, yeah. yeah, I have no idea. If cool. it tastes good. Don't care. <laughs> I'm not really a big vodka drinker. It just looks cool. I would no, try I, it just because though. I used to be a big vodka drinker, and then um, um, 
okay so inside baseball i met my wife and we went up to before before we were way before we were married we went up to a friend's house and we may have drank a lot and uh i will i will let you know that um hundred proof um vodka and mountain dew tastes wonderful I've had that uh, before. Never, ever, ever drink it again after you drink the entire bottle of hundred. <laughs> I bet. I, I bet. Is this why you don't, don't drink Mountain Dew anymore? Had, uh, soda's a different beast, but I don't think I've drank. I don't think I've had vodka in like twenty years. I don't blame you. Vodka just generally isn't a, a good tasting thing to me. I know some people love it, but yeah, not me. It's really been that long. I should probably try it again. Um, I, I did <laughs> maybe, like it. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe if you get a bottle of bone vodka straight from hell, you'll I, like it. I may have overdone it that night. Um, maybe. But I was acting stupid, but you know, maybe. whatever. Look, she married me, and I'm very happy, so. Good. Good to know. I don't know that those are related, but damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've crossed the two-hour mark. I think we're going to have to call it a night. What do you think? Uh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> we, yeah, started streaming two hours ago. Yes, indeed. Two hours ago. All right. Remember, so Remember when you were telling me the order we're going to do things because it would be shorter? Not so it would be shorter. It was so that we could cut off news if we wanted to. But then we ended up covering all the news anyway. Because oh, uh, I thought it was going to be fast. And it kind of was. We, I mean, we got through we the news. We only lost one listener, so. We got through the news in like 20 minutes, which is actually kind of fast for us. It's just that we spent an hour and 40 minutes talking about DerbyCon. And who wouldn't? <laughs> all right. So now I got to go through all this closing stuff. Um, thank you guys for watching live. Uh, if you want to catch us live, you can watch us live on YouTube uh, the second and fourth Thursday of every month, unless we're not. Because, um, you know, usually we do. So go to youtube.com slash podcast and subscribe, and then you'll know when we go live if you hit the little notification bell. Uh, you can join our Slack workspace if you want to. ironsysadmin.com forward slash Slack should get you there. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Iron Sysadmin, and you can subscribe to us wherever you would normally find podcasts. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, if you'd like to support the show monetarily, do so via Patreon, patreon.com slash ironsysadmin. Thank you again to all the folks who are already supporting us. So, I think that's it, folks. You got any final words, Jason? Yeah, um, dude, Uh-oh. it's 2.35 in the morning. Go to bed. I'm totally gonna go, wait, it's not 2.35 here. Oh, trooper-ish, it's 2.35 there in the UK. Well, I don't yeah, care, I because in the UK, you can get bone vodka straight from hell. Yeah, you can. So, you maybe, can go maybe, whatever maybe with your coding. 2.35 in the morning. <laughs> maybe they're coding, in which case, code on. Code on. <laughs> All right. Good night, folks. That all.